Hi, this is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church in Richmond, Texas. Thank you for streaming or downloading this podcast today. I hope this resource blesses you. If you haven't joined us at a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we want you to come. You can find all that information and more at rin-church.org. I pray that you are encouraged today by the proclamation of God's word. We probably all come from different backgrounds. I call myself a spiritual mutt in that um, I'm, maybe I'm a golden doodle. I'm not sure, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a labradoodle. I'm a sheepadoodle. I'm not, I, I'm not sure what term I would use. Uh, but, you know, I grew up uh, in a Lutheran kind of family, German background, a lot of Lutheran background, L- Lutheran schools growing up. Then I went to a Baptist high school while a, frequently attending a United Methodist church. And so I'm just all confused on the inside, okay, when it comes to our, our backgrounds and traditions. And I want to talk about something today that probably when you hear it, it's going to be colored by your background, whatever that faith background is. In fact, some of you are like, you know, I, I grew up Catholic. I, I grew up without any sort of church background at all. Like we, we didn't do that. We didn't talk about God. We didn't go there. So wherever you're from and whatever you've experienced will probably color how you hear this message today. But I think it's really, really important as we talk about this series that we're beginning today, which is Walk, Grow, live, walk, grow, live. And we as a church put some words to, we feel, uh, to, to what we feel like the, the purpose of God is for each one of us. And that's that we're to walk with God, we're to grow in community, and we're to live on mission. In fact, you probably see those on the back wall when you come in. That, that's our purpose as human beings. God put us here for those reasons. And so we want to spend the first part of this year just kind of reorienting ourselves towards the purposes of God. And I I want to talk to you about an aspect of walking with God. And um, we have sort of this beautiful overlap of these elements, right? This walking with God, this living on mission, this growing in community. And if you were to have an amazing devotional life with God, and yet you have no sense of living on mission or even growing in community, that you're missing out on your purpose in life. If you're great at community and you love to do stuff, like you love to serve, but there's no personal devotion in your life, you're lacking something vital, so there's this overlap, this sweet spot between all of these aspects where it's the, it is the, the, the life that God has intended for us to live. I, I put a little icon with the fire, like in fuego, right? Like it's just the good stuff, right? It's the sweet spot of life. And I want to talk about hearing and discerning God's voice. When it comes to walking with God, hearing and discerning God's voice, and already you're like, oh gosh, what are we going into here? So what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to read a chunk of scripture because I want you to get this from the word of God. Amen? Okay. So um, let me set it up this way. Today, modern, educated, intelligent people consult horoscopes talk to the universe, practice the law of attraction, dabble in witchcraft, 
have tarot cards read. You can go to coffee shops in Houston. You'll see people reading tarot cards together. They go to hypnotism conferences, talk to mediums. I've shared a story before about a pastor who in his school district was bringing in mediums that were giving these you know, prophetic words to students. Go to palm readers, seek unconventional healing through Reiki and energy healing. They meditate in yoga classes. There's a commercial on TV by a Verbo, and it shows someone's house, and it's all a mess, and there's a shot of the living room, and there's a statue with incense burning on the sides, and it says, your living room's turned into a yogi studio, as if you sit in front of this idol and you meditate, as if that's kind of normal. Visit shrines. Modern people pray to icons and statues and more. And I feel like people are more educated than probably ever before. And here's the thing, is um, the world may be becoming more secular, but people are not any less spiritual, right? It's becoming more secular, but people are not any less spiritual and I think that there has been a you know, form of Christianity that's tried to sort of divorce all the supernatural, all the spiritual elements, all the sense of God with us right now, speaking, moving. And that, my friends, is not going to work in a world that needs to know that God is here, that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is alive, that he speaks and he moves and he's among us. And so we need to make sure that we don't throw out, because of maybe some wacky stuff that we saw one time, a sense of the supernatural, transcendent God who's with us as his followers. And so I want us to look at some amazing passages of scripture. We're going to go back to kind of the beginning of the church in Acts chapter 2, if you want to go with me. A lot of you already know this portion very well. If you've spent time in scriptures in the Bible reading, this is called the day of Pentecost. And it's kind of the, um, it's an Advent moment in a sense that Jesus, during his earthly ministry, kept telling them, when the Spirit comes, Advent means arrival or coming. When the Spirit arrives, when the Spirit comes, you, it's better for you if I go because I'm going to send the counselor to you, okay? So he's preparing his people about this day that's going to come. And then there's this moment. Jesus has resurrected from the dead. He spent 40 days with his disciples. He's been teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then he ascends to the Father and he says, go and wait. Just wait. And then this moment comes where the Spirit comes in power. I just want to read in verses 14 through 21. Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and proclaimed to them, fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you because the tongues of fire had come and the sound of the rushing wind had come and they began to speak in other tongues and languages and all the people are hearing the wonders of God in their own language and they're just bewildered and some are saying they're drunk, right? That's what's happened. Let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet 
Joel, verse 17. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. Then the sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. So this amazing moment happens. They hear the sound of wind blowing, tongues of fire appear on their heads. They hear the wonders of God being proclaimed in their language. This is the birthplace of the church. And he says, look, this is what God said was going to happen. And he says that God was going to pour out his spirit. Now, that word pour is like when you're a parent and you're in that transitional moment of children making their own drinks. I don't know if y'all have been there before. We're kind of still in that boat. My boys, when they were a little bit younger, it was like, we're like, you know, mom and dad are sick of making milk cups and like water cups, right? There comes a point where you're just like, you know, I know, you know, the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, but you know, all those kinds of things. But there comes a moment, parents, where you're like, oh, dear Lord, if I have to make one more milk cup, I'm going to die, right? Okay. And so when that moment comes and you're like, I think they can handle it. But you watch them and they get that big gallon of milk out of the fridge with both hands, right? And they get the cup out and with both hands, they try to pour that thing in there. And inside, you're dying because you're like, I know where this is going. Like, this is going to be a total mess, right? Because what's going to happen is they're probably going to overflow the cup. And that's what that word, if you look at the, the, the meaning of the three-dimensional aspect of the word to pour out, it's like, it's like a liberal overflowing in the Strong's Concordance, it says to pour out greedily. Like just like, it's just like too much, like overflowing that the Lord is going to pour out his spirit on his people. He says that they would be, regardless of their gender, it would be men and women would receive the Holy Spirit, sons and daughters, young and old. He talks about the servants, literally meaning their slaves would be filled with the Spirit. So it's not going to be this like social standing or income bracket thing or elitist thing. It's like it's going to be for all people, young, old, men, women, rich, poor, everyone in between. God is going to pour out his Spirit and that's what he's saying is happening in the moment. I want to read another chunk of scripture, and then we're going to unpack some things. In uh, verse 37 through 39, Peter preaches the gospel. They're cut to the heart. And it says, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Verse 38, Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift 
of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you, and it's for your children, and for all who are far off, which is us, as many as our Lord God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, be saved from this corrupt generation. So they see it, they're bewildered, they're like, what is going on here? He explains what's happening. He says, this is what's happening now, according to the word of God, prophet Joel. And here's the response, if you will repent and believe, it's for you too. See, the first thing I want us to understand today as we talk about hearing and discerning God's voice is that we can hear and discern God's voice because of the finished work of Jesus, period. I mean, there's, there was no other really qualifier. It, it was going to go beyond, it was gonna go beyond their, their gender and their age and their you know, socioeconomic status. It, it was all about Jesus paying the ultimate price, the Holy One taking away our unholiness. As we sang, O precious is the flow that makes me white, as snow, that, that the spirit of God would come into us and he would, he would begin to communicate the things of God to us because of the finished work of Jesus. It's amazing. See, salvation is the gift of forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit, according to what Peter just told them. Repent and be baptized, each one of you, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Spirit. And your translation might use the word remission. Now, where do we use the word remission? We talk about it in what, in what realm? Right, yeah. So if you have cancer and you go to the doctor and it's cured, they say you are in full remission. He's talking about sin in our lives, saying, look, this cancer of sin that's been eating us up, Jesus has paid it all, and it is now in remission. And I'm giving you my spirit. You will receive. Okay, now, let's talk about this. How does this connect, the coming of the Holy Spirit, connect with us hearing and discerning God's voice? John 16, we're going to go there real fast. Again, I know our backgrounds are all very, very different, and I want to make sure that we get this from the Word and not from some uh, particular tradition or whatever. Like, let's get it down from the Word of God. John 16, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples and this is kind of like a, a discourse that's going to be sort of the last words as he's preparing them for the crucifixion. So there's a whole lot in here. But in verse 12, he says, I still have many things to tell you, but you can't bear them now. Meaning I've got, there's so much more to this that I want to show you. I want to tell you, but you just can't handle it. Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. 
he will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. Everything the Father has is mine. This is why I told you that he takes from what is mine and will declare it to you. So I've, I've highlighted some words. He's talking about the time when the Spirit of God will come, which happened at Pentecost, which was for those people then and their children and for all people that were to come, including you and I. And Jesus tells us what he's going to do when he comes. He will guide you into all the truth. He will speak. The Spirit of God will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. Talking about he's going to show you things that are going to be like future-oriented things. He's going to declare it to you. He will glorify me. He'll take from what is mine and declare it to you. Again, he says he will declare it to you. Now, are you getting the sense that the Spirit of God wants to communicate to believers? Yeah? I mean, it seems to be what Jesus is saying. Look, when he comes, he's going to communicate to you. He's going to tell you things. Joel said that there would be visions and dreams. Meaning this, God is going to reveal himself to you by the Holy Spirit. He's going to reveal himself. He has many things to tell us. We can't bear them. And it's through the finished work of Jesus that we are actually prepared to receive what the Holy Spirit wants to speak to us. The, the second thing that I want us to understand is this. We should expect God's voice in our life. If you are a born-again believer in Christ... It is not weird to have a sense of God speaking to you. In fact, that is called New Testament normal. Follow, follow the whole story from Pentecost to the disciples and the incredible ministry they're going to have, and it's going to be filled with the angel of the Lord says this, and the Holy Spirit said that, and we went over here, and we did this, and all these things are going to happen, and it's not just them. There's these other guys that become sort of the first deacons, and, and Philip, he's going to go to Samaria, and the Spirit's going to speak, and, and the angel's going to show up, and it's like God's going to communicate to him and lead him, and it's like you have all these moments along the way of the Spirit just moving, speaking, and declaring things, communicating things to God's people. And here's the good news. Is anyone ever facing a decision that you have no idea what to do? Right? And it's not like a moral thing. It's not like that's sin and that's not sin. It's like, I, I don't know. It's like, my, I could do this job or that job, or I could, I could move here, or I could move there, or I could, I could marry her, or I could not marry her. I could, we have all these decisions that it's like, it's not a black and white sin issue, but you're like, I don't know what to do. And I know that my decision's going to impact the course of my life. And here's the good news. The Holy Spirit's come to declare the things of God to us. We can ask him for guidance. And we can expect him to show us what to do. Now you're like, Chris, 
Does that mean like I'm going to hear an audible voice from God every time I pray? If you do, cool. I don't. I don't. But there are times when you just have a peace about something. You're like, I could do this or I could do that, but I just don't have peace about this. I do have peace about that. I trust the Holy Spirit is speaking to me on this. It could be as simple as having peace. Or sometimes God's going to point you to a scripture. Right? And for whatever reason, you, you're just in your Bible that morning and you're like thinking about that decision or whatever you're facing and, and you're like, oh, that's just what I need to hear today. Like that helps me immensely. Guess what? This is the word of God. And God speaks through his word. It may be wise counsel. God might just bring someone into your life and they're like, Hi, I'm so-and-so, and I deal with such and such things, and you're like, oh, I am, I'm in the middle of a massive decision having to do with that, and can, can I ask you some questions? And you're like, yeah, praise God. The Lord is guiding you. I remember uh, years ago, Casey and I were, we were about, we were pregnant with Finn, our third child, and we had the opportunity to add on to our house. And we had a, a house that was perfect for a, a couple with two kids. But when you start adding three kids, it was like, oh, it's going to be tight in here. And so we were praying about, do we add on to it or not? And literally, I promise you, that Sunday, I go to church. I, I think I led worship that week. And I come down. And at the end of the service, um, I'm saying hello to some friends. And a lady comes and says, I just need to tell you something. And she pulls me off to the side. And she said, I just felt like the Lord wanted me to share this with you. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch it out. And she started to quote from Isaiah. And I'm like, What? The Lord just sent somebody to confirm something that like, I don't know, I don't know how to explain that except the spirit communicates to his people. He's the living God who speaks and we should expect his voice in our life. Sometimes it is a still small voice. It's a, it's a deep knowing of like, Okay, God, I know that you're, you're saying that to me. You're prompting me to do this, or you're, you're leading me. I just, I, your voice is speaking. Are you spiritually hungry? Man must not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. That's what Jesus, he, he quotes that as he's being tempted, Right? In Revelations 2 and 3, there's this incredible portion where, the, again, John's on the island of Patmos. He says he's in the spirit on the Lord's day, and then God just begins to speak to him, and he's writing all this stuff down. He's taking all these notes, and, and all this stuff's happening, and he gives them these words for the churches, and every time he says this, let anyone who has ears to hear listen to what the spirit says. To the churches, every time. Let anyone who has ears hear, listen. Let everyone, so he's saying, look, you need to listen to what the Spirit is saying. And if you're a person who's spiritually hungry, right? If you're like, man, I just want to go deeper. I just, ah, oh, you know, you need to lean in. 
to the voice of God. This is the New Testament normal. Jesus paid the highest price to ransom and cleanse you and me so that we could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit who speaks. Amen? Are you with me so far? Okay. I want to give some pastoral words for how do we do this in a healthy way. Because we've all seen people do some crazy stuff, right? Because God speaks. And it would be wrong for us to say, well, I'm not going to do that whole God listening thing because that was weird. That would be a ditch that we could fall into. There's another ditch that says, like, I'm not going to do anything unless I hear an audible word from God or I get a dream or I have a prophetic, you know, whatever. It's like, no, 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 those, those are ditches that we can fall into. And there's some healthy guardrails that we have in Scripture that help us. And so I, I want to talk about that. But when I was in college, I was a sound recording technology major. I loved music. I wanted to be George Strait. That's why I went to college, right? That's why I got in that major. And I remember going into this recording studio for the first time. And like one of the first things they do is just, they said, look, uh, before you go and like, you know, record things and all that, like, we want to teach you how to listen. And so we would sit behind these big speakers and we would just, and they would say, you know, do you hear the, the bass guitar? And you're like, uh, yeah, I, th I think so. I think I know what that sounds like. Right? And do you hear the drums? Oh, oh okay, yeah, I, I can distinguish. You're just, you're just learning to distinguish. And I think there's something in us as believers that we need to learn how to distinguish. You may love music, you might sing along, but there's, there's a part of us that has to just stop and consider and to listen well. And so practically, how do we listen well? Well, here's the first thing. We hear and discern God's voice with Bibles open. I'll say it again. We hear and discern God's voice with Bibles open. In John 16, he said, he will guide you into all the truth. In Acts 2, Peter explains what's happening by pointing them to what? The scripture. Prophet Joel. Hey, guys. Remember when Joel wrote this in your Bibles? That's what's happening right now. So he roots a moment that was a supernatural moment where God was speaking in Scripture. We have to learn to listen with our Bibles open. Uh, Jason has a friend who has a prophetic gifting. There are people who have a, a specific gifting, spiritual gifting from God, where they just they hear things for people. And sometimes when he speaks at a church or a conference, people will come up and they'll line up and be like, do you have a word for me? Do you have a word for me? Right? Because even though the world's becoming more secular, it's not becoming less spiritual and people want a word from God. And he sometimes will just look at him and he'll say, um, do you have your Bible? They'll say, oh, oh yeah, you know, and they'll pull their Bible out and he goes, he'll take it and he'll turn it around and he goes, here's your word from the Lord. I like that. You see, God speaks in his word actively. It's living. It's active. And so we have to hear and discern God's voice from scripture because there are some things that might come into your mind that are not from the Holy Spirit, right? 
The, the, the scriptures over and over again tell us, do not despise prophetic words, but test everything. Test everything. Meaning, and how would you test a prophetic word? Well, does it match how God has spoken in the past? Is it in line with what I see in the New Testament? Well, then that's my litmus test. I, I can test it by the scripture. The, the scripture is the language of God. And so you, if you want to be a person who hears from God, who walks in that way, you've got to be a person of the word because you have to learn his language. You've got to learn how to distinguish the notes and what you're hearing. And so, friends, to hear God well, we must keep our Bibles open. The second thing, and this is, a, again, a pastoral word, is that we hear and and discern God's voice in community with believers. And that's key. Because again, you might have decisions you're facing. You might just be spiritually hungry. You've got this, you know, I, this stuff going on in my life, and I feel like God's saying this. And you can go to your house church and say, guys, here's what we're facing. We're dealing with this. We've been praying about it. And I really feel like God's saying, this, and, and here's the verse that I've just kind of been camping out on, and what do you think about that? Do you hear the humility, the mutual submission to come to your church family and be like, what do you think about this? And they can say, yeah, that, that sits well with us. Or they could say, maybe we'll pray about that with you. Or they could say, are you nuts? What? what? No, they won't say that. But they might say, uh, but the Bible also says, and they might point you to some other things, because we need people around us who love us, who are committed to our spiritual growth. We can say, man, I feel like God's speaking to me, but I'm not sure. Would you help me? And if you will do this with the Bible open, and in community, here's the thing. It's, it's the safest, healthiest, most biblical way for you to hear and discern God's voice. In worship gatherings, when we preach and teach the Bible, there might be something that you hear and it's like, boom, God speaks something to you. And it's in community with other believers. And 1 Corinthians 14, 29, the church was to evaluate the words. In 1 Thessalonians 5, he says, test all things and hold on to what is good. These are so important. The last thing I want to say is this. This is important. Act on God's guidance and voice in your life. Act on it. You should expect it. It's New Testament normal. You should hear it with Bible open and in community with believers. But once you've gone through that whole process, don't just sit on it. Don't be like, man, wasn't it so cool when God said that to me? I must be like a super Christian if like God's going to speak to me, right? No, no. 
We simply say, okay, Lord, if, if, this is, if this is where you're leading us, if this is how you're directing our lives, if this is what you're saying, God, and, and we've gone through the process, we're going to step in faith. We're going to act on it. I remember in um, 2016, it was my birthday, and um, for whatever reason, I was just like, Lord, do you have any word for me this year? And I'm hoping for something like really cool, you know, like just really neat, like, you know, God said this was going to happen, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know what? I mean, as soon as I asked the question, do you, do you know what came into my mind? Just immediately. It was a gray area of my life that wasn't like sin, like it wasn't a black and white sin. It was just, it was just a gray area, and God said, don't do that. Boom. You see, God's voice will always, always, always lead us into deeper holiness. Always. It's the Holy Spirit. He leads us into holiness. And there are going to be some things where God's going to speak to you. It may be a gray area. And here's what I want to say about that. If God says it, it's for your good. And you should act on it. Now, if it's a gray area that you're like, man, I really like that part of my life. I really enjoy that. There's part of you that's like, no, that couldn't be God, right? God wouldn't say that. He knows how much I like that. No, no. If God says it, act on it. I uh, recently heard the testimony of some ministry leaders that had a massive bill coming. I mean, it was massive, like tens of thousands of dollars. And in their account, they had like between five and $10,000. And so they started praying because they're like, Lord, we don't know what to do. I, I, we're not sure how we're going to pay that bill. And these people are praying together in community. They know the scripture, and they felt, I mean, incredibly strongly, very clearly, that God wanted them to give away every dollar they had, just to give it away. And so they decided to act in faith, to act on what God said, and they literally gave away the five or $10,000 that they had, just knowing that, like, well, we didn't have enough to pay the bill anyway, so we're just going to give away what we have. And literally the next day, they get a phone call from a donor that says, I just felt impressed that I'm supposed to give you $50,000. And they're like, thank you, God. You see, in the kingdom of God, you're always going to be moving towards faith. You're going to have to act on some things that are like, ah, I feel like this is what God's saying, and so I'm just going to do it. God's always going to move us towards holiness, and he's always going to move us to an element of risking our obedience to him, to act in faith. It will always be required. It's a calculated risk based on his word and his faithfulness. It may not always make sense to you in the natural, but you need to discern it in prayer with your Bible open, and in community, and then act on it. Um, in 2014, I was on staff at a church in Round Rock, amazing church, uh, 
growing church, growing city. And um, I just had a sense of like, ah, I feel like there's something else that God has for me to do. Like there's like what I'm doing is great. I, I love what I'm doing, but there's just something more in me. And I was just really kind of uh, wholly discontented, if I could say that that way. And I've shared this story with many of you before. I was up late praying one night. Casey and the boys were already in bed. And I'm just on my knees in my master bathroom just praying like, Lord, I just, I don't know why I feel this way. And I call it emotional vomiting with God. We're just like, I just feel this, blah, blah, right? You're just kind of letting him know what he already knows, right? You're just telling him. And I prayed and I just said at the end, Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything. I'll do anything. But what do you want me to do? And at that moment, just as clear as the bell, this happened to me a few times, where just the Lord said, plant a church. My second question was, what do I call it? And I don't know why that was my second question. It's a dumb second question. Never ask that, okay? But I said, Lord, what do I call it? And renaissance, I mean, like, boom, comes into my mind, renaissance. And I just asked him, Lord, what do you want me to pray about? Like, what do I do now? Like, what do you want me to pray about now? And it was a large number of groups to reach a large number of people. And in the early days of our core team gatherings, and we were talking about like, what are the, the, the hallmarks of the church that we're planting? And one of our team members just said this, God speaks. God speaks. And so I just want you to know as a follower of Jesus that you've been forgiven by God, that you've been declared holy, and he's deposited his spirit in you. And it's it's for a reason. He wants to communicate to you his heart for you, his guidance to you. He's going to use you mightily, but we have to be people who learn how to hear and discern God's voice. The world is growing more secular, but not any less spiritual. The vibrant and awakened church will always be God's answer to a world that is desperately seeking spiritual answers and solutions. So, friends, may we have ears to hear. May we become good listeners and good discerners and good obeyers. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To contact us or find out more information, visit rin-church.org.